Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Habern Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is Forward Radio, WFMP-LP Louisville, and that's 106.5 FM on your radio dial. If you want to find out a little bit more about our station, you would go to forwardradio.org and... uh, we're archived on SoundCloud, and you can reach that through that uh, website. And plus, we're live streaming now, live streaming. So you can go to that website, click on a button, and you can listen to us anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. So, folks, we're uh, blessed and favored to have Maria Schringer here with us. Uh, Maria Schringer is retired teacher from Jefferson County Public schools, many years of experience working with uh, uh, today's young people. Uh, Welcome to our show, Maria. Thank you. So tell us, Maria, uh, there's much talk about what's going on in our schools today. It's in the paper almost every day or every other day, or there's some sort of news item on the local news or national news about things going on in our schools or Uh, concerns about what school boards are doing or not doing or confusion about what is being taught or not being taught, (laughs) Uh, uh, misinformation being put out about what's being taught and what's not being taught. Uh, From your point of view, what do today's kids need in your mind? What do today's kids need? Is that what you said? Yes, they need everything. <laughs> um, actually, we have so many children that have a lot of emotional problems. And we, I mean, besides education, they need mental. They need mental health care. We need to have nurses in every school. We need to have counselors, social workers, more psychologists, school psychologists, therapists, and um, a lot of counselors will tell you that they're not really, they're not really therapists. So maybe they need to hire therapists too. And I think it would be worth every single tax dollar. And so what do you think is keeping us from that? Uh, When you were teaching, you just recently retired. Did they have enough counselors and nurses or or was there uh, what was going on? You just retired several years ago, a couple years ago. What was the status of that at that time and what needed to have been done better? Well, the time that I retired, I left in 2017. not many schools had school nurses. Only the school that I was at did because we had a, I think we had a couple kids with diabetes. And they may all have nurses now, but I'm not sure. But research shows all over the country that if you have nurses at every school, it even helps the attendance, which is so important. We, we really need that. And a lot of kids, when they, it just helps everything. It helps their psychological well being, their physical health. And a lot of children, when they have problems, they'll say, oh, my stomach hurts. But if they go to school and think there's going to be a nurse there that they can talk to, that makes them feel better and they're more likely to go. Well, that's uh, that's good good to know. Um, So the big discussion, we're broadcasting from Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, and so one of the discussions uh, going on now is uh, school resource officers. 
at one, you know, the original school resource officer program it was a federal program where the federal government paid for the first three years, and then if uh, the school system decided to keep it, then they would fund it themselves. Uh, so in Louisville, you had some JCPS, not JCPS, you had some Louisville Metro police officers in JCPS schools, and you had some county sheriffs in there, Jefferson County sheriffs in there. Uh, the LMPD pulled out because they were short of police officers. They didn't get kicked out of the JCPS. Uh, they have a personnel problem within their organization, so they needed, uh, I think it was 17 or 19, something like that. And uh, so, uh, but now uh, there's some people that want to, uh, police back in schools and then there's a whole movement here in Jefferson County that believes that police in schools feeds the the school to prison pipeline that it leads to the criminalization of children that it it leads to children being abused and treated like criminals by police officers who simply aren't you know really trained to deal with children so uh that's the big one of the big issues. In fact, uh, we had a school board meeting recently disrupted, and it wasn't even on the agenda that particular topic. So, and we uh, there are people who sign up for to speak, and uh, they speak off the topic, and then they shout back and forth with the audience, and then there's a disturbance, and then uh, the, the the school board shuts down the meeting. So uh, uh, what's your take on all of that or anything else that's going on in the schools today, Maria? Well, um, personally, I'm opposed to the SROs. If if the police officers were there to keep the children safe and, you know, they were there just to be like good role models and to give kids high fives and whatnot, I could see that. But a lot of times they end up handling the discipline and they shouldn't do that. They're not trained to handle child discipline. And then it becomes, you know, abusive sometimes. And and that the thing of the school to prison pipeline, that's real. So I don't think we should have SROs in the schools. I think the money would be much better spent for counseling, therapists, social workers. And besides, the city is the last that I heard were like short two hundred and fifty police officers. So exactly. I don't see how they can justify that, you know. Exactly. So uh so before, uh, I mean, I used to see you at, at several meetings around town uh, before the pandemic. So before the pandemic, uh, the topic was really making sure all the kids got an opportunity to get a good education. And then uh, that was the main issue Uh making sure all the kids and all the schools got a good education because Jefferson County Public Schools has some of the best schools in the state. Definitely. And uh, so there are kids who go to Jefferson County Schools and go on to Harvard, Yale, uh, West Point, Annapolis, you know, Air Force Academy, Stanford, uh, all the elite colleges that you can name. And so the real issue before the pandemic was – you know, making sure all the kids got a 
greater education. And of course, there was a movement to get to get the police out of schools. Uh, so that's some of the things we were talking about before the pandemic. And then the pandemic came along and uh, a, a lot of focus, you know, should we go to school? Should we not go to school? What should be the requirements for coming back to school? You know, how do we stay? How do we keep everybody safe? So would you like to comment on the uh, the, the pandemic at all? Or would you like sure. Go ahead. Um, well, for the pandemic, I think that it's really good that the schools were closed down for so long. I think that really saved, like, hundreds of thousands of lives, or at least tens of thousands of lives, um, <clears throat> because we, we didn't know enough about the pandemic at the time. And I think it's really sad. I mean, I'm sure, yes, maybe that did, you know, it did cause some psychological trauma for children to be out of school, but I don't think teachers should be blamed for that. And what upsets me is like when people think, oh, well, the teachers are just being lazy. No, they're not. They're working so hard, even if they're doing it over the Internet. And also, a lot of people don't think about this. They'll say, well, I can go to the grocery or I can go to Walmart or whatever. Well, if you go into the grocery or Walmart, you can get in and get out in 30 minutes with whatever you want, maybe an hour. When you're a teacher and you're a student, you're sitting in a room that may have 25 to 40 people in it for seven hours a day. And it's so, you know, and you're breathing the same air. That is a Petri dish. There's two epidemiologists that I follow, and they both say it's like a Petri dish. And also they both say that every school needs, you know, the HVAC systems are old. We need to at least have air filtration systems, or like HEPA filters or whatever they're called. And also that every child and every person that works in the building should wear N95 masks because... The pandemic, you know, it spread in the aerosols of the air, and a, a cloth mask just doesn't cut it, you know. I mean, I'm not saying the cloth, cloth masks don't help. Yes, they do. But they say that even, like, a lot of times classrooms are so small, you know, they ideally you're supposed to separate people six, um, what is it, six feet away from each other. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Classrooms are so tiny. A lot of kids can't even be three feet apart. So they're all breathing the same air. They need to be, we need to keep them safer. So that's my comment about that. Don't, don't blame teachers for a health problem. It's a worldwide pandemic. So, uh, again, so as I said before, we were talking about uh, making sure all the kids get a, uh, uh, get a great education. Just, just, for, just so people can know, I mean, you can go to a Jefferson County public school and as part of your education, you can get a private pilot's license. You can get an airframe and power plant certificate so you can go to work after high school and work on airplanes. There's uh, Jefferson County Public Schools where you can go and, and uh, get dual credit classes where you can get hours uh, that will be accepted at, uh, at the local junior colleges. So uh, dual credit so uh, there's a variety of ways to, to get a, a really good education at JCPS. My feeling, this personal feeling, uh, is that the only difference between now and, say, oh, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, is that uh, the parent has to be a very skillful navigator of the system to make sure that their child is in the right school and the right program for them. Yes. Uh, and so that's sort of the key to it. Uh, 
but what's your feeling about you know all the kids getting a good education in JCPS? What needs to be done to make sure that that happens? Well, that will always be the goal, and that will always be the objective for every child to get a world-class public education. <clears throat> but um, like you said, parents do need to be involved, and also really kids need the Internet now, even at home, to do their research. But the problem that we have in our – we have an excellent school system. We have excellent educators. The problem we have in Jefferson County is poverty. Like several years ago, I think it was said that 70% of the children in JCPS – or on free and reduced lunch. And there's no shame in getting a free lunch. I don't mean that. I'm just saying that shows you the number of poverty. And like the school that I was at the last few years, um, I was kind of at a school that you would call the haves, not the have-nots. But I had children that were homeless. I had children whose parents were chemically dependent. And maybe their grandparents were raising them. Sometimes they were. And so that affects children. If you go to school and you're hungry, how can you concentrate on your schoolwork? That's what, just like you know the thing with the SROs. That's not gonna, that's not going to solve poverty. We need to put money into things that help children get their needs met. Then you'll see everybody doing well. Does that make sense? I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. So that's if we have therapy, like therapists and mental health care, that can really help children too. You know because. They need, to, they need to get things out of their minds so they can concentrate on their schoolwork. We, we never know what children are living through. We never know what they're experiencing at home. And I'll tell you something. This, I mean, it breaks my heart to think about this. Years ago, I remember, this is over 20 years ago, I had a student I was always on saying, pay attention, pay attention. And then I found out later, and this child was so well-behaved, this child was somebody whose parents, you know, there was spousal abuse in the home. So, of course, that child couldn't hardly pay attention, you know. That, that child had other things on her mind. So my point is we never know what children are living through. We need to support them and help them get their needs met. Then they can learn. Then everything will be fine. Yes. So, uh, well, how do we get there? Uh, how do we build up public support for that? That is, I see the last few school board meetings that I've I, that I've seen or attended uh, seemed, there seems to be people who are uh, against critical race theory even though they don't know what it is and even though it's not taught in JCPS so they cause an uproar then there are people who are upset about masking uh, and they cause an uproar and then there are people who uh uh, fixated on having uh, police in schools, they have an uproar. They are in an uproar. Then when they uh, disrupt the meeting, that becomes the news story for the next couple of days. Uh, and everybody's commented, that is, everybody's commenting or reacting to uh, either the anti-maskers or the are the anti-CRT people, even though the, they don't even know what critical race theory is, but they're against it. Uh, uh, and so uh, how do we bring the focus back toward giving these kids what they need? I mean, the media will go to our superintendent, Marty Polio, and sort of try to bait him into, you know, 
giving some sort of uh, answer to the hot button issue uh, as the media sees it. Of course, all he wants to do is, is to, you know, uh, provide a good education to all these kids. So how do we uh, bring the public back around to focusing on education? Well, that's a good question because the media is always out for ratings and sensationalism. And children, like you said, we don't teach critical race theory in K-8 through eight schools. That's something in college. But children deserve to know their history. And if studying history makes some people uncomfortable, well, too bad. That doesn't, it's just, it's just not right. We should be able to teach children real history and their history. You know, people need to be proud of who they are. And if you're denied your history, that's not good. And the thing about the masking, I mean, that's just really scary that it's become a political issue. I mean, we're talking about a life and death issue. That should not even be an issue. It's, it's really sad. I mean, people, I saw it. I saw a meme on Facebook the other day. It said something about, can you imagine if all these people that go to school board meetings that are all, you know, stirred up about masks or about critical race theory, if they were more concerned about getting guns out of schools? Like, meaning, you know, we need to have better gun gun laws. I mean, if you want to have a gun to protect yourself in your home, okay, whatever. But why should somebody be allowed to own an AR-15? I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, like, even the police officers will tell you. They're fighting a never-ending battle when there's so many guns on the street. The people have their priorities messed up. It's, it's really crazy. I don't know what the answer is to that. Because, like we said, the focus should always be, and the objective should always be, for every child to get the best education possible, a world-class public education. For one thing, I think they need to do less testing. We're doing way too much testing on the K-12 through level. And that's making billions of dollars of profit for Pearson and big testing companies. And those tax dollars would be much better spent on, <clears throat> on things children need in the schools and books and materials and computers and therapists, you know. We just, we've got to get our priorities in order. It's a scary time right now. Yes. Um, I feel like the country itself is on the edge of uh, making a... Uh, are moving forward or falling backwards and uh, sort of on uh, uh, and, and, and people don't know which way the country is going to go uh, so it creates a level of uncertainty uh, amongst people and also uh, a level of desperation too uh, the sort of uncertainty and and uh, not really being sure how things are going to shake out. Plus, we make school so hard for children these days. Like, for me personally, I was very much against Common Core when they put the Common Core curriculum in the school because, like, my master's degree is in reading education, and that was my favorite thing to do is teach children how to read. And it really changed, like, the books that we, you know, that used to be the kids would use in second or third grade were now in kindergarten. I mean, the, and children were supposed to be reading before they left kindergarten and not just little tiny words I mean like really reading and comprehending and developmentally that's not that's not right a lot of children in Europe don't read till seven or eight and their test scores are higher than ours so that puts so much emphasis on testing you know like I could tell you I could show you the old kindergarten books I taught math out of compared to the ones by the time I left it was like second and third grade math 
So my point is, when you said, when you make children learn things developmentally, they're not really ready to learn yet, you're setting them up for failure. So it's kind of like a war of the haves and the have-nots. And it's not right. And people do that for little political games because they want to make the public schools look bad because so many people want charter schools because charter schools are profit-driven. Politicians love charter schools. When we ought to put all our focus into the public schools, that would help everybody. So, folks, uh, uh, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, uh, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Hayburn Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is Forward Radio, WFMP-LP Louisville, 106.5 FM. And, of course, you can find out more about us if you go to forwardradio.org. Now, we're here with Maria Schringer, who is a retired school teacher from Jefferson County Public Schools. And we're discussing uh, educational issues that uh, pertain to our children and our school system here in Louisville, Kentucky. But uh, the same concepts are being discussed uh, all over the country today. So, Maria... uh, uh, what's uh, 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 what's the f- if you could talk to uh, uh, Marty Polio once a week, uh, which you probably could if you wanted to, but let's say you could talk to Marty Polio once a week on Monday. What would you say to him next 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 Monday? I would try to say, Drum, try to ignore the noise of the people that act crazy at school board meetings because they're on a political agenda and it's not right. Just keep focusing on what you're trying to focus on for children to have the best education possible. And I also think we need to have more things for like after school resources for children, like boys and girls clubs all over the city. And I think that would be well worth the tax dollars. Yes, yes. Uh, and there were where, where children could learn things not only be properly socialized, uh, but can engage in productive activities. Uh, not not always sports. I mean, uh, uh, but there are other other things that children can do uh, at uh, at boys' clubs and community centers besides play sports. But just learn how to interact in a in a safe healthy and uh, uh, in a way that uh, sort of uh, helps them become good citizens later on down the line. So, uh, yes, uh, just had the TV specials on Muhammad Ali, and yes, he was, uh, you know, sort of discovered by Joe Martin at Columbia Gym, but he also uh, trained with Fred Stoner at the... uh, Presbyterian Community Center. Uh, so uh, the community centers and those types of things really have a impact on the lives of uh, children, not only here, but uh, all across the country. So, uh, Maria, uh, so if you had a child in of school age today, how how would you navigate the system with them? What would or what would you tell a parent trying to navigate the system today? 
whether no matter what age, elementary, middle, high school, what would you tell them? Uh, for one thing, I guess I would try to tell them to not let their tor- not let their child join Facebook, and also try to keep them off of social media a lot, and also just to read more. Like like years ago, the school that I was at, I was at for twenty twenty two years. You'd always see the kids after school, before school, reading books in the hall. You know, they just love to read. But then when everybody got hooked up to a cell phone, that kind of changed things. I mean, I guess kids can be reading on cell phones, but it's not like this. It's not the same. You know what I'm saying? And I would say always encourage reading. And I would say read to your child every day, even if they're even if they're middle school age. You know, read the newspaper with them. Have reading materials in your in your home. <laughs> try to focus on things that are higher level questions, and and also try to let them have friends and let them have unstructured playtime a lot of kids you know their parents are like i don't know they're in this like competition world where one day their kid has soccer lessons the next day they have piano lessons the next day they have ballet the next day they're on the basketball team and whatever else but they never just get to play children need to play that's how they that's how they learn that's how they learn to solve problems that's how they learn to solve conflicts that's how they learn to be socialized that's how they learn to be human, and we need more of that. So what you're saying that uh, sort of the structure of organized sports is not a complete answer to socialization of the child. Is that yes. what you're saying? That's not yes. a complete answer. That right. is, uh, I mean, you're working on developing these motor skills to play these sports, which is all great, uh, assuming that you're getting a proper diet. Uh, I mean, this is just me. I, I see some of these uh, football players, uh, massive football players, getting broken legs, and I'm thinking that's because they were raised on Cheetos and soda pop. And so, you know, that's an idea. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, yes, the, uh, yes, they need to organize play unless they need unstructured play, but yes, they need to be drinking a glass of milk and a glass of orange juice every day, seven days a week. And getting that well balanced diet, uh, is, and so and I'm I'm you know uh, I'm worried about that because uh, I, I don't understand how uh, like somebody like six two and, and two twenty or two fifty gets the, some of these uh, bone injuries, but uh, uh, I just don't see it. But uh, uh, so yes, so this sort of unstructured play as a as a route to development uh oh well this whole sort of uh uh sort of programming the child to excel uh what do you think about the uh the sylvan learning centers i mean i had a retired school teacher tell me that uh well she put one of her grandkids in there because uh she felt that uh you know uh uh well, that's what needed to be done to sort of catch up. But she told me that uh, most of the kids in, say, the Sylvan Learning Centers were there to get a competitive advantage over other children, not to make up for deficits. That's what I think it is, actually, if we're honest. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a parent hiring tutoring for their child if, if they're having difficulty in reading or math or whatever. But a lot of times, excuse me, that's what it's really for is people with the competitive advantage for their child because they're competitive. 
Yes, so it's not about education itself. It's it's just relative and being able to get a certain score on a test and get into a certain college based on this, uh, based on these scores and whatever else. And, uh, and then that sort of leads to these... Uh, these scandals where these wealthy parents were accused of felonies because they were bribing people to get their kids into elite colleges. Yeah, and that's what helps fuel a lot of the charter school movement. You know, it really makes me angry and people say, oh, well, the children came back so behind this year. No, they didn't. They're children. They're learning. They're growing. They survived a worldwide pandemic. I mean, think about what they can tell their grandchildren someday about all this. You know what I'm saying? We just, when you educate children, you take them where, you meet them where they are, and you go from there. And it's, it's to me, it's false when people like to say, oh, they're so behind. Just like what I was talking about earlier with Common Core and all the testing, when people try to say, oh, well, such and such school, the children aren't at, a right, at the correct reading level. That's just a bunch of horse hockey. Gotcha. So, Maria, I do want to thank you for being here with, with, with us today. Folks, we've been with Maria Schringer, retired uh, Jefferson County public school teacher, and it's just been so great to have you here with us. On. Oh, thank you. So, folks, uh, we'll be back next week. This is On the Edge with K.A. Owens.